Broadcasting live from Florida's capital city, this is the Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness on Real Talk 93.3. Now, stop what you're doing and listen closely. It's time for the Jeff Cameron Show in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Good to be with you on a Balls Wednesday. Hope this finds you doing well. read an article uh, this morning. Uh, you can read it. I'm not going to read it to you guys. But uh, it was basically breaking down Michigan's rushing attack um, and what Harbaugh wanted implemented from the day he got there, how long it's taken to get to this point. And, and the reason I bring it up is that I actually watched that uh, massacre against Penn State in which they ran for 488 yards. Uh, a good word. Oh, my God. It's embarrassing. If you're Penn State and you line up in that game in which there is no question as to what's going to happen, both teams are going to attempt to test manhood, and you lose resoundingly 488 yards rushing and get beat up in the tunnel at halftime, it's not a good day. It's not a good day. So it is a great day for Michigan because that's how they want to win. But this is less about Michigan. I'm going to turn this towards Florida State. And back to the original talking point in the uh, first hour early in the show where we talked about the reason we're excited and the reason we're excited about the next five games. It is the rushing attack, is it not? We can talk all we want about how improved we are at wide receiver and how much better Jordan is than he was a year ago. But for me, it has been the fact that for the most part, they are able to cobble together some form of a running game and it doesn't seem to really matter who they're playing. Now, it's not always the case. There have been you know, fits and starts and stops and all of that. But you're beginning to see evidence that they can do – well, if you can run against Clemson, you can run against anybody. Yeah, that's the best part. Is And you don't have to do it with gimmicks. No. I, I'm not going to call counter a gimmick, but, I mean, you're trying to change where the fight takes place. It's not a straight-up play. And you could argue that outside, outside zone, zone isn't the same. It, uh, it, you're it's just more creating the same. an extra – But mean, it's – outside zone is more physical. Yes. And it's more standard, and it's something we haven't been able to do in a long, long time. And, look, I criticized it in the second half of NC State because I saw it more, and I thought, why why are we going away from our bread and butter? But it was maybe things were working in practice because clearly it parlayed itself into something that you could hang your hat on against Clemson, which is just really interesting. Well, and you can run some stuff from tight formations and create leverage with multiple blockers. We pull guys. We do this a lot. And then you force players in space to make decisions like the one who got juked out of his shoes and looked like a fool. Right. Now, that's a different run. I understand that. But I'm saying yeah. Florida State creates opportunities to have one-on-ones in the run game. Well, now it's you've got two base plays that you like. You've got the counter to whatever direction, and you've got outside zone. On top of that, you can run zone read with Jordan Travis. Mm-hmm. Or read option, yeah. Uh, that's a lot to deal with if you're a defensive coordinator. And if you have to cheat to stop that, because they could run it anywhere, so therefore you've got to account for both sides of the formation. Most plays, that's how you get those one-on-one matchups. You don't even have to decipher what a defense is doing. They're going to tell you because they're desperate to stop the run. That's where this could go, but they've got to go and prove it. 
So one of the formations we use is one that the Ravens use for Lamar Jackson. It's also one that Michigan uses. Um, and that's and it stands out to me uh, because what you end up seeing basically is it's kind of a, a it's I think the Ravens call it QB bash and it's a jet motion and you're out of the pistol. So mm-hmm. so it's you're really about the stuff they did with Pittman on Saturday? Where they would bring Pittman in to Yes. To the side? Yes. Yeah. They were installing that last week a lot before that game. I thought that was an interesting wrinkle. So it's basically, it's a counter with a loaded pistol. I think that's right. I mean, I'm talking about the There's formation. a lot of those in this, in this country. No, yeah. you see what I'm talking about? I think that's what that is, right? They do it. They, they There's a lead block, and they flood a side. And you can flood the weak side if you want. Mm-hmm. It, you basically, you give... In the NFL, Lamar Jackson uses it to run the football effectively himself. We can do that with Jordan. Sure, I mean, yeah. and they do occasionally. But I'm 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 seeing them blossom a little bit more in the run game. Some of the some of the standard looks that we use. I would like to ask Dominic Robinson about this. Some of the standard looks that we use are now developing where there are more plays off of them and little. I don't even think it's eye candy. Yeah. It's, it's 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 a numbers game. No, so the eye candy for the the Pittman motion because then he'd come to the side of Jordan Travis, he'd wait a tick or two, and then snap the ball. It's not a straight give, right? Is that what you're talking about? Right, Where he's right. he's he's next to him for a a, a breath or two yes, before a breath the snap. Or two before the snap, they actually ran plays off of that to start against Clemson. They they didn't use Pittman initially. Mm-hmm. They just gave them something to consider, and they ran kind of plays off of that rather than the standard, which is just give the ball to Micah. Yeah, and to be able to run these kinds of plays from multiple formations is what I'm kind of getting at. I don't think I said that as much, but this second half ought to be a blossoming of an already impressive run game most weekends. Falling back on that will be critical to Florida State's success because it sets up everything else, the big plays down the field and the passing game, all of it. The hard part is you just wish that – and they could develop one of two or three kids, but I would break the bank for – tight end? Yes. Yes. Because these formations are all – I mean, that's the payoff is that particular player. That's the payoff is while you're worried about Micah and either Mm -hmm. Benson or Ward and Travis, then here goes this dude who's been blocking you for the first three plays that look exactly like this, and he's up the seam and he's wide the hell open. Yeah, so when – but you got to be able to block it first, you know. It's, and and they did okay in this game, but man, they just don't have that guy. And so, you would know who it is because that dude would be the number one player that everybody else talks about as they're preparing for Florida State. Imagine being able to successfully run thirteen personnel, where you're like, I've got three tight ends out here, and they're all capable. Right. We're like, well, I'd, I'd take two plus Johnny, you know, on yeah, the outside, yeah, and then yeah, you go, yeah. how do I defend this with yeah. Jordan who can run? The thing is, we'll probably find that guy when we don't have a, a dynamic runner at quarterback, and so it's just kind of a give and take. Maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe they'll get healthier. I do think, um, well, you can, you'll you have to substitute some guys. You're not wrong about that. I saw one rep yesterday from one player who I don't think has made at least my practice observation stuff on Warchant.com mm-hmm. this whole time, and it was Drail Powers, the tight end. Hey, the freshman. He was in a one-on-one blocking assignment. It's the drills that they go through. Big strong kid. And it was Leonard Warner, who Leonard's had a decent season. Yeah. Nothing great, nothing. He's been terrible, what we thought he would. But be. he's been yeah. there, and he's been in the mix. And the way the drill handled him on the one rep, I saw. I thought, oh, why haven't I talked about eighty-nine? Has he been missing? 
Do I just not paying attention? He just hasn't. He just hasn't been ready, really. But um, you're gonna. I mean, that body type is one that you already know he can catch the ball. Day one, we saw him, and I said, okay, that looks different. Yeah. At least you got a guy now that looks the part. You mix that in with a Brian Courtney. I mean, again, the answers might be coming here. Courtney's got to get a lot bigger, but you know, yeah, I'm with you. This offense, when it's humming, and it there have been points this year. I just feel like it has to be so attractive to a top five H-back tight end player in the recruiting community. I mean, how do you not see that when you look at this group and say, oh my God, I, I mean, the film I'd put out there as a blocker, as a receiver, I'd be wide the hell open three, four times a game. Are you Man. surprised they haven't been able to find better usage of Joshua Burrell? Because we thought we saw them effort to do that. Yeah, they moved into running back yeah. toward the end because of injuries and in camp. But you know, they you knew what they were trying to do. They were kind of trying to create because he's a thicker kid. He's yeah. a lot thicker, mm-hmm. and you know, I think he's probably. I know he was originally listed as like two fifteen or something, but I think he's like two twenty two, two twenty three. So he's he's pretty thick kid. He's only going to get bigger. I, I don't know. They may end up finding a role for him. I just I worry about it because I thought they could get something out of him at some point, and now I'm not so sure. I think it's a big offseason upcoming for the coaching staff and for Burrell. Just to have a heart-to-heart of, here's what you could do for us. You know, Johnny's here now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Michael Pittman's here. Yeah. Winston Wright. We'll see and how many of those guys come back. We'll see. But, look, they can play. You can help us doing X. If you want to do why, then we need to part ways. But I think that's a conversation that probably has to happen. Yeah. You think Jackson West is ever going to provide them anything? Man, he's been banged up. All I mean, the time. All the time. He's 235 pounds, though. He's Again, when we start talking about these tight ends that we don't have to run these things that I think we could run if they were even serviceable, with Jordan being what he is and the way we set things up and the line playing so much better right now, we could really dominate and bully ball people, which is fun to watch. Yeah, the question is um, – you know, Brian Courtney is is the hope that if he could be an in the backfield blocker, I'm not asking him to chip on too much of mm, defensive line. No, or, no. But if you can get him to a reasonable level, he's on special teams right now, of where he could block somebody in space, smaller linebacker, safety, hybrid defender. He's already got the. By the way, I do skill. love. I, I'm sorry, I, I I didn't mention this whole time we were talking about tight ends. I do love Marcus and Douglas. I, I like him a lot. I think yep, he's a problem for people in yep. the long run. I think by next year, he's a legitimately good. Mm-hmm. That run in this game was yeah. very big for him. Three, four broken tackles. Uh, well, he's gigantic. Yeah. He's yeah. a gigantic man who moves well for his size. You let, you unleash him against zones, and he's uh, he's a it, problem for it, people. Yes, just the problem is there are a couple of plays this Well, more than a couple, but you've got to get to a point to make a block. The way this offense is schemed, mm-hmm. and the way that position, this the demands of that position, period, in this offense is – it's not about straight ahead blocking. You're not Gronk on the end of the line, and we're going to run it right behind you. It's you got to move, get to a place quickly, have your feet underneath you, and execute a block. And we just don't have a lot of guys who are agile enough to pull that no, off. And that's where he's got to get better. If he does, then he could be the guy. Well, I actually think he will. I, I'm, I've got hope for him more than any of the other guys that we've talked about, save for Brian Courtney. I, I mean, again, the I, offensive skills that kid has already. Yeah, really good. Marcus Dudley, uh, thank you so much. Jeff, let the boy watch. Julian Armella. I will will continue to say that I am fine with starting Armella beginning with the Georgia Tech game. Now, I don't know if they will do that. I don't. You're saying you want him to watch and let him sit back and not play. Uh, I'd play him. I think he's different. I think. 66320 is fine. He's he's got the requisite size and reach. He's got great feet and he's mentally a tough sucker. And I've seen that for myself. 
a lot of kids at that position you would never roll out there. You really wouldn't. I agree. But I think he's different, and so therefore I would make an exception for him. Well, he's being taught at a different level as well, too. Yeah, Atkins is a really good coach. They've got – well, that, that yes, but he's on the two deep, which means, and this allows me to say this, when they're going through offensive line instruction, right. there are two groups – there is the introduction group, the thousand level class, yeah. and then there's yeah. the graduate course. Right. And Julian's already in the graduate course. That's right. where he's been working. That's right. That's because they would like to play him. Yeah. And sooner. <laughs> and but sooner. a lot of these freshmen yeah. that everybody's asking about, what about Sap? Yeah, and what yeah, about yeah, yeah. Early? No, they're, and not, they're, not, yeah. they're not in that group. Those right. guys are in the introductory level. As course. they should be. Now right. they got great body types, yep. all of them. Yep. We're all excited about what they're going to be. Many of them will be that by next year. They're not ready now. The only one of those guys that I think you could play right now is Julian Armella. He's closer. He, uh, every day he's getting closer. Yeah. And yeah. I, I'm Mr. Hesitation with that, but it's it's getting there. Yeah, I, I think it is. I mean, I think he's in and like all of the younger players that we reference on the show, you know they're gonna make some mistakes, but you're willing to live with those if the the gain is so much more significant. And I and I think it's there. I think it is for for, for him and maybe a couple of other guys, not all of the young guys, not all the young guys. I don't know that Sam McCall's ready. The thing is, do you care about preserving Julian's redshirt? Not really. Okay. Well, that's got that's got to be the first part of the decision because yeah. he's been in two games, I want to say, already. Duquesne, I think Boston College as well. So you only got two left if you care about the shirt. You could well, play to the Georgia Tech game and say, all right, we'll okay, see. You see what you are. Yeah. yeah. Let's get, he might go out and dominate. It'll be interesting to see if he rotates. Now, if they do what they're supposed to do on paper and handle Georgia Tech, then he's going to play no matter what. But let's say it's... 10 to nothing in the second quarter, fourth drive. You give him a chance in the fourth drive? I know I Coach Cameron would, but I'm saying what, what would they do? It'll be- I don't know what they're go- – you know, to me it does seem like, no matter what I want, it does seem an awful lot like they're willing to basically redshirt him this year. Like they're not going to let him play more than those four games. Seems that way to me. Now, I may be wrong about that. They, Unless, he's ready and somebody's hurt. Right, yeah, right. That's yeah, all that is, yeah. right? Yeah, I think it, I think it is. Um, so – We'll see. By the way, I know they did it again. Two hundred and fifty dollars, two more closings uh, for my boys. FSU Home Loans, FSUHomeLoans.com. Give them a call today. Eight four four FSU Loan. Five hundred dollars went to Rising Spear today because they closed out two more. You guys hear me talk about there it every day. Shannon Young doing a great job. Legendary Home Loans. They got the Hometown Hero Program that I talk about a lot, designed to make a difference to those that make a difference. You've heard it, but if you haven't, just in case, real quick, you save over $2,200 if you uh, get a home loan through them and you are active military, a veteran, police officer, firefighter, nurse, or a school teacher. So if you are looking to buy a new home, choose Shannon Young with Legendary Home Loans and ask about their Hometown Heroes program. Call 844-FSU-LOAN, 844-FSU-LOAN. And with each loan, $250 goes to Rising Spear. And we can go buy a tight end with these home loans alone. Okay, ready to play right now, tied in. Nothing's off the table. Transfer portal, high school ranks, who cares? No, we were having that debate yesterday about how much uh, are we going to lose when this season ends. Well, the next the... five games are going to help solve that a little bit. Yeah, because, listen, I think Fabian, if he plays and he's the dominant player he can be, then he's gone. I guess Jared Verse could uh him being injured and missing time and not being anywhere near 100% when he has played the last three games is a bit of a problem for him, I think. It also might be an incentive to say, look, let me get it while I can. Get I see money, how fickle this here. thing is. Yeah. yeah. Unless, unless, of course, 
this collective that has nothing to do with Florida State wants to be very give interesting. Me a to, I'm still. I mean, obviously, all of us will be watching very closely what happens with with Jordan Travis and and Jordan. You know, we Jordan's got to play really well if his aspirations are to go to the league in any way, shape, or form. He's already up against it with the measurables, so he's going to have to play great in these five games to have any chance to get drafted late. And even then, would that be a number that would be willing that you'd be willing to you know leave here for? Or would the NIL, the collective, be able to come through in a with a number that's more than he could make on a practice squad somewhere? Let's say he goes. You would definitely at least examine the transfer portal war, uh, waters for a quarterback. Of course. Know? like I mean, a high-level one that would come in to compete well, and start. If I could, yes, absolutely. Yeah. I would have done it anyhow this offseason. I agree. Um, but, you know, there wasn't the guy that you could get that was the slam-dunk better player than Jordan Travis – and so, therefore, at that point, you didn't want to risk having that kid decide, screw you, the second year in a row you've done this now, and you're bringing right. in a guy that's not even as good as me or, or has, you know, certainly hasn't been here. So, I, you know, I understand that. But if there was a, a kid that was accomplished at this level that you knew was definitively better than Jordan, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I would have done it. Yeah, it'll be interesting this, this spring – like, I feel more comfortable, everybody does, after watching that second half of Louisville with Rodemaker as an option. I just don't want him to be the lead option. And, look, Duffy's got to put in a lot of work to compete in the spring. I'll say that, too. Yeah, he's got uh... – He looks calm as a cucumber when he's on the field playing the game, but, he, you know, there's real, there's really nothing he can do in terms of – he can't take the, the second job away from Tate at this point. But in spring, it's going to be go time, and he better be ready for that. Yeah, and I think I think we forget the, how young he is, though. I mean, it takes, a, it takes a while sometimes. It really does. I mean, we've obviously seen it with Tate. It's taken too long. Uh, right. But that right. was a great moment for Tate. I don't know. He, the passing game, if they can block it up, passing game may take off. May take off. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's, he throws. AJ's better. got a lot of natural skills. It's just you know the development, the yeah. whole the whole yeah, thing. It's all part of it. Jeff Cambridge, ninety three three Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply the jeff cameron show brought to you by orange theory fitness two tallahassee locations midtown on thomasville road and north side in the village common shopping center online at orangetheoryfitness.com Spark Enterprises Roofing and Construction believe in doing things the right way in a safe way. Employees undergo regular safety training and are constantly being educated on new techniques and new materials, like becoming a master metal applicator. Have you considered a new metal roof before? Perhaps you have. I don't know. Long-lasting, durable. T-Spark Enterprises Roofing and Construction are the best in town at that, too. Give them a call today, 766-1340. Get a free quote today, tsparkconstruction.com. 
Would you want to be a tree guy? Like if you were, if you own the company or something, made a lot of money, but would would you go up there and do all the cutting that you see those no, guys do? No. In fact, the guy I have that did the work for us recently, um, great great guy. He said, "Man, every day is every day is pretty dangerous." Little harrowing. Yeah, yeah. So no, thank you. If that's what that person does for a living, and he still has the look of, I don't know if today's going to be the last tree I cut. Oh, yeah, buddy. No thanks. Yeah. Man. Noel Kev writes, I'm reading T. Lang and Jeff's eyes and trying to read between the lines as they're talking about Duffy. Laugh out loud. Tell us true. Is he a guy you see being a Sam Howell, a Sam Hartman, or a Malik Henry? No, he's not Malik Henry. He's uh, he's certainly more engaged and uh, he eats food. Uh, he cares to, uh, uh, you know, he works on his body and all of that. He, he's a guy that... Um, is he's got a ways to go because he's young. Eh, I, that's all I'll say about that. I think he has some ability. He's not a superstar um, like in the next year, but he could end up being a good quarterback. Yeah, the thing he's got a, he's got work to do though. It, uh, yeah, there's a lot of work. It, you know, when you sign a quarterback uh, at that level, you know, blue chipper, and he does well in the elite game that he played in, and he was a star of whatever camp he was at towards the end. Mm-hmm. Um, the way college football is now, you expect that dude to play by a retro freshman year. You know, it's just the nature of it. It used to be uh, when I was growing up, and certainly in your time in college, Florida State would hand it off to a fourth-year player. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Redshirt, redshirt junior, junior would yeah. be your quarterback every year, and he's got to get tightened up. Uh, you know, they're throwing a lot at him. So what Mike has said is, uh, he's handled more complex things than any young quarterback that Norvell has dealt with. So that's fair. The other fair thing is he's not getting a lot of great reps because you got to make sure that Jordan and Tate are ready. He's getting reps, but I'm talking about the players around him. We've got kind of two offensive lines that can work in, in day-to-day practice, mm-hmm. but he's got to rotate in and fill the gaps. And then the other thing is, the best thing I'll say is when you saw him in limited action on the field, it didn't look like it was too fast for him. So this, these are all good things. But detail-wise, I mean, this job's not just going to be handed to Duffy in the spring. The way when you get a recruit like that, you think, oh, that's going to be his job. You got to go out there and earn it. And Tate is better now. And then if they go get a guy in the transfer portal, yeah. you're going to have to go out there and prove it. And we'll I see. I think I still have hope for Tate Rodemaker, Tom. I, I too. can talk about Me AJ too. Duffy. I'll let Duffy take over the reins in 2024 or something like that. I don't, I don't need him next year. I, I, you know, I need him to be ready to play. But I, if Jordan's not here next year, I think Tate Rodemaker could be, really play. He's got a chance to be a, a pretty good player. I think after that second half at Louisville, yeah. mm-hmm. that by itself, and who knows, he might be called upon. It's a five-game stretch. Here I hope with not. No break, unless we're beating somebody's ass. Right. It's just with Jordan's track record, you would think yeah. maybe he might be called on for a couple of drives here. If that continues, that trend, then he's the leader in the clubhouse going into spring, and that should be fair. Yeah, I want to. I want to do this, by the way, because I think it's interesting to get a perspective of uh, of a fan. Mark wrote, Jordan will stay for 2023, and we could compete for a national championship. See, I don't see it that way. I, I don't see it that way at all. I think that Jordan could stay for 2023, and Florida State could be a good football team. But when you start talking about competing for national championships, I don't think we're that close to competing for a national championship. We're talking about trying to win eight games right now. To go from eight games to winning a national championship tells me that you think that if he stays and we continue to develop and play well, we're the kind of team that the following year could beat on a neutral field Ohio State, could beat on a neutral field Alabama, 
could beat on a neutral field Georgia? I don't think so. Go look at the talent surplus at Georgia, for example. You don't have to. You know it. No, but I'm saying, you know, I mean, it's it's that's it's not really that close. When you watch Georgia, you go, whoa, whoa. I, and, and the thing is, it doesn't mean we can't get there in relatively soon. It's just that we're not making that kind of leap. Look at our secondary right now. Look at our linebackers right now. I'm talking about the depth. I'm talking about the depth of these segment groups. Come on, man. It's not yeah, that o- close. Omarion Cooper's been bad, and, and he still is one of the guys that's consistently on the field. Now, you could look at that and say, what are we doing here? You wouldn't rather make mistakes with somebody who's younger? Uh, you know, yeah, It's not that Omarion's old, but he's shown you what he is for now. We're just not. I, but we could compete if he comes back, and let's say Verse stays as well. Two huge pieces to the puzzle. Mm-hmm. It could be competing for a college football playoff berth, no doubt. Next year? Yeah. Yeah, that would have been on the table last weekend if you had beaten NC State. Because you'd have the inside track, assuming Wake is going to slip up somewhere along the way. They already have the one loss. You'd have the inside track to be the Atlantic representative, at which point you'd be in the conversation for a college football playoff. You are that close with this team as flawed as this team is. Okay, but let's do the thing where we actually look at teams and say, who's competing for a title? Not could you manipulate. It's a manipulate. different conversation. It is, yeah. but I mean, like, you know, it's, we do this in Major League Baseball. GMs always have these tough decisions. Now, I know the pool has gotten bigger, so now the decisions are different. But, like, there are, there are, there's a team every year traditionally that is, like, eight games above 500, and they know damn well they're not good enough to sustain it through 162 games and win a World Series. They, they, don't, they don't have it. They've won – a larger percentage of one-run games than they have a right to, uh, you know, and they've gotten a career performance from some guy on the back end or something like that, right? And but they know, like, we're not there yet. So should I trade away a piece to be ready to make a run at it next year? That kind of thing. I, I don't know. Right, right now, and this is a better season for college football from a fan's perspective than we've had in a long time, because. Last year, when you watch Georgia, you're like, "Oh man, we're not. Cl- it's not even close." And Georgia, I know they had the game; they lost to Alabama, but they had to get a jail free card. We knew that. You know, I loved that team going into last year. I picked them to win the national title, and they did. But when you watch the receiving core, for example, of Ohio State, what they would do to our secondary, sir. Yeah, what what I would argue here, though, again, is what do you think Bryce Young would do to our secondary? I'm not talking about competing to win a national title. I'm talking about competing for a playoff. Well, we'd and be so the that's, team that's getting a that ass beaten that Notre Dame gets or that well, Michigan State gets or that somebody else gets that correct. somehow finds their way into that damn Correct, team but tournament. that is incredible improvement and within reach. Yeah, you uh, could be one of those teams. And plus, what I'd say is this year the parity is absurd. Texas I think would have thrown for 455 yards in Alabama. And I said that I think this is a better year for college football because of it. But... We're not in that conversation. We're not even. We're trying to. We're four and three. We're four and three. Yep. We just lost three straight. We we just lost to an NC State team without an offense. We we're hoping that they go four and one over these remaining five games. Look who the five games are against. Those aren't good teams, and we're not sure we can get that done. What's our record with Fabian though at this point? Five and two, six and one. Five and two, definitely. Six and one, likely. The point is to be in that conversation. We're not that far away. If you I get guess, if you I, get a couple of key pieces back next year, we have to be 
markedly improved on defense. Yeah. I mean, we have to, to be to compete for a national title again. I think you're you're judging by the gold standard well, of winning I, a but title. But I'm also judging by personnel. I'm looking at players. I'm talking about do you have a depth of talent to survive the rigors of a 12 game schedule, a conference championship game, and then a playoff? Do you or, or you know do you have the talent to do that? And I don't think we're that close because when you if a guy like Fabian Lovett misses time, you immediately see the drastic difference it makes on the defensive line. You know as well as I do that when Tatum Bethune got hurt and he couldn't play to that standard he was playing at before the you know with the shoulder. I mean he's he's been like this. He's been a little up and down. And Kalen Deloach has been good, but you don't really have anybody behind those two. Those two guys are your two guys. Everybody else is whatever. They're not great players behind him at all. We're in agreement here. Okay, I'm and then saying- your corners are below average, mm-hmm. and your safeties are below average right now. Well, at least one of them really is. You and can have below average corners and safeties and still make the playoff. Alabama still has a shot this year to do so. I, I have a suspicion. You can have a below average we offense. To, if still. we were to watch Alabama's corners and safeties practice next to our corners and safeties, we'd be in awe but of that's the a, difference. That's immaterial because. Texas was in a position to put they up a ton of yards, and Texas is up were. and down, up and down this past weekend. I mean, I understand that Hooker is now going to be, rightfully so, in the Heisman conversation. He's probably leading the way right now. But that's now. still Alabama. It's the unbeatable Alabama. No, but, okay, so they are beatable this year quite clearly, and that's why we're both agreeing that football's been better this season than most because in the past it's actually been quite boring. There have been three good teams and everybody else has got no, no chance. I agree with you. It's better. But I'm not suddenly prepared to take us and throw us into that group of, what, six? I don't think we're there. Seven? Teams that you think could win a national championship this year? No, again. Or, or get to the playoffs? Get to the playoffs. No, yeah. man. We're <laughs> we survived Louisville barely. They're not any good at all. We lost we barely survived LSU. We know that. We saw how that game ended. We lost to NC State, who's terrible now, because they don't have an offense at all. Wake came in here and beat us by what, ten? Yeah. Okay, man. Where do we think Wake is on that of the schools that could make a playoff? I, I I just don't. Well, if they handled Clemson, they'd be in the driver's seat for but one. But they spots. didn't. And moreover, I don't think that Florida State has the depth of talent. If you're telling me my starting 22 stays healthy for the entirety of a season, could they win the Atlantic and thus, by definition, compete for a conference championship and maybe get into the playoff? Okay, I will give you that. But yeah. they wouldn't be competitive in that playoff. Well, I'll take it though. Uh, that's all I'm but talking I, about. I, I think that the spirit of that question suggests that he thinks we're very close to being a college football playoff team, and I don't. I redirected it because somebody's got to be there. That's what this year feels like more than a lot of others. Somebody's got to be there. I mean, you know, Georgia's struggling with Mizzou on the road and Kent. Clemson can't score 40 on Furman, you know, like so. And Alabama could, they could lose again this weekend. They could. They could have lost to Texas AM, Texas. Mississippi State matches up poorly for Alabama, especially in the spot coming off the game against Tennessee. It's just it it feels closer to being in that conversation because of it feels the field than it of was college a year football ago, team. sure. And then also, look, I mean, we we get a couple of bounces go your way. Injury luck isn't rotten, and it's just mediocre for Florida State. You could be in a position where that's it's, still it's, on the table right now, unlikely, but on the table from a from a player standpoint, from a a, a strength of depth and talent standpoint I, I feel like we would say and I'm just going to go off the top of my head here it's a fun discussion we know Ohio State world's better than we are you think Michigan's world's better than we are I'm not sure I'm not sure 
They're better, but but maybe not worlds. Okay, yeah, that's, that's Georgia. Very light. Georgia certainly is. It's yeah. not close. Yeah, I mean it's not close, right? Um, but hmm. that Georgia team is capable of blowing a game nearly to Mizzou. So they are. They got it in them. Yes, in a singular game they do. But we don't think from a talent standpoint that it's even no. close. Tennessee's more talented than we are. Because remember, they were buying players. That's how their coach got fired. They have a lot of good players. That game would be a race to 49, yeah. Well, we'd give it up, that's for sure, with this and secondary going against those receivers. Yeah. Might um, be able to run it down their throat. Who knows? We might. It might be a shootout. I wouldn't disagree with you there. I'm just naming undefeated teams right now. Uh, TCU's undefeated. I think they're a good team. That'd be an interesting game. That's a that's a hell of a win last week after yeah. what they were facing. Yeah. That's it. yeah. Well, hell, Syracuse's undefeated. We're going to get our chance against them. We'll mm-hmm. see. Uh Clemson's unbeaten. They just came in here and beat us. Uh, who you, the point is, you're, you're reading down a lot of these teams. It, we would well, be I'm laughed just out of the, the room. Undefeated teams. That's all. I'm but just we going would through. be laughed out of the room to even have this conversation a year ago. And now it is at least Southern Cal would beat us. Yeah, they would. Do you think Texas would beat us with Ewers? We'd have to score into the upper 30s, lower 40s. You got to stop being idiots in situations here. You got to get better. It's. But it's not laughable anymore to at least field the conversation. You think it is. Okay. I don't think it's laughable. I'm just trying to be a realist about where we are in the rebuild. We're a lot better than we were. We're moving in the right direction. We're going to be a pretty damn good team. I think by the end of this year, we're going to be a pretty good team. And you can say a team is good and not think that they're ready to make the college football playoff. As long as we're moving in that direction, I'm happy. Just continue to move in that direction. We can debate about you know the nuance of this. We can say, well, are we two years away, three years away, one year away? I, I get we can debate that. Yeah, the increased parity of the sport is helping where I'm coming from here. Without it's not question. solely about Florida State. This is also about the field. And we said this after three weeks of the season, which is, why not us? I mean, it looks like nobody really wants to take yeah. the ball and run with it here this season. No, it's exciting to watch that some of this is starting to disperse. Like It's not just the very tippy top of the sport and that we have no business there right now. It's 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 starting and hopefully it continues to move in that direction. Well, what you want to see is that Yeah, you it's wanna- COVID eligibility plus transfer portal for veteran help. Mm-hmm. And the question is when the COVID eligibility thing runs out, how much do is we this go back still to where watered down or is it yeah, do you go back to where you've been? Yeah. Yeah, and I and, and again, I'm picking us to win four of the next five. I think there's a good chance we win all five. So I do think we're a lot better. I don't want people to get the wrong idea about the debate we're having. I think we're a lot better. I just don't think we're that close to being a playoff contender. I get why you say, why not us? Well, okay, just for a moment, it's a hypothetical. Let's say you're not you know, a bunch of jerks in the second half of the NC State game. You win that. You're 5-2. and two, And you win the remaining five games. So you're ten and two for the season. I know, be remarkable. No, I mean, they but could, could, yeah. wouldn't you reflect on the season and go, man? You know, if a couple of things bounced our way, we'd be in Charlotte for the ACC championship, and I, I don't know. Yeah, I would lament that there we could are be the still... fraud at the table, but we'd be at that table. Yeah, but what we talk about a lot is that okay, where are they? Where is Florida State elite? You know, and it's hard to pick a place anywhere on the field where Florida State's elite. There, in fact, there isn't one. There isn't a place on the field that Florida State's elite. And I feel like with the teams that win the national championship or have a chance to get to the college football playoff and play for a you can find segment groups where you're like, that's upper 2% in the country. And we don't have that segment group. Correct. And to be clear, I see a comment in the chat saying, I'll have what Tom's having. 
look, there's a fraud at the college football playoff every year. That's the Most argument years, I'm making. That's true. Yes, I'm not saying that we. And you're March saying we're good enough is, to be that. We're good enough to be. Yes, next year, if you get a couple of key pieces to return, and you do what you've done, which is show a great track record of bringing in immediate help in the transfer portal, that also fits your culture. Not easy to do. But if you replicate those two things, we could be that fraud. Well, so, so your offensive line. This is where I will say, okay, it could get very interesting. This offensive line's got some talented young players behind the starters. I think Estes is going to be a very good offensive lineman. I think you would have been a pretty good offensive line, not just above average, but pretty good had you not had the injuries. Like, Bless Harris starting at right tackle instead of Jazz would have made a significant difference because you yeah. could have moved Jazz to guard. Or rotate him or during rot- the game. Right, and you get, right. you know, 30, 40 good Abs- reps out of both him and Manuel. Absolutely. Yeah. That would have made a difference. But, you know, ifs, ands, and buts and all that. But it, it didn't happen. But I think we're close to seeing what I would describe as a good offensive line. Well, now, if you start there, we're having a better conversation because that changes everything about what's possible. And we run the ball now with an average-ass offensive line. So I like the way we scheme that up. I love Atkins as a teacher and a coach and a play designer. Love him. Uh, I, I think that Mike does a good job of preparing and game planning now, that we get into the discussion of red zone cutesiness and all that stuff. That's a fair criticism. Uh, some of the moments have been a little big for him as he tries to mature as a coach, and that's annoying, but maybe he's getting it out of his system as well. That back end has got to get a hell of a lot better on defense because it's not any good. And I'm tired of watching it week in and week out and year in and year out. They don't know how to communicate well. They're not good in zone. It's three freaking years we've been waiting for them to get decent in a zone. We have to play a certain way or we can't play. That you, you cannot beat good teams being as vanilla as we are on defense with what we do. I, so that all has to get better. It might. It might. Maybe as A. Thomas and Sam McCall and Shaheen Brown, those guys become the difference makers in a year or two. Maybe. Need a bounce back year from Knowles as well. Yeah. Uh, he's been terrible. He's been wearing um, the green jersey a lot this year. I, I'm, it's just it's annoying, but it's hard to sift through for a lot of these players you know, is it because you're banged up? Is it because you've regressed? Combination of the two? And if so, if it's a combination, what percentage of what? Yeah, and I hate when I – I mean, I do this sometimes, and I'm guilty of it, so I'll admit it. I don't – I shouldn't question other people's toughness, but I, I'd like us to be tougher. I feel like we spend a little time on the ground. I mean, it's a, it's a tough game. We'll see. Uh, I'm not saying that there certain guys aren't really, really hurt. There have been guys that are truly hurt. I know Fabian Lovett is hurt without question because he's a dog, and he would be out there. And I know Verse is hurt, and he's playing hurt. He's tough. You got some guys that linger. Yeah. In the end, what this is doing, though, is, is it at least accelerates the growth curve for a Joshua Farmer and a Patrick Payton. Who if I you're like looking at this as a long-term process, you know, and – this year it or would even have been just a two or three year process, right? Right. Just meaning, yeah, you're looking at the 23, 24 seasons, and you were hoping that you could be in contention this year and say, "How the hell did we get here?" Which that three game stretch would have yielded that mm. opportunity for you, but with all of these bumps, bruises, and injuries, I mean, Peyton's going to be a better player for it in camp next yes, year. He, yes, he is. In the you know in August and September next year. I like him gate. a lot. I like him a lot. Yeah, and he's going to put on size and strength, and he's already got quickness. Same thing with Farmer. You're mm-hmm. going to need. You probably need to hit the portal for another guy. Yep, maybe two guys. Maybe two. But we Farmer's need, a good start. Let's dole out the cash. Lions baby. behind him is a good start. 
Bishop Thomas continues to have good practices as well. I'm going to answer this question and then we got to take a quick break. Uh, Noel Kev writes, "Where does Jeff think we finish the year at? Eight and four, nine and three. What's that? Top fifteen, top twenty, top four get in. Question is, can we make up fifteen to twenty spots next year? Yeah. So Noel Kev, I I do think uh, I am bullish on the remaining five games. I Whoa! actually um, do think that we're uh, fully capable of winning four of the next five. It would not, we could win all five. And I said earlier that I wouldn't be stunned by that, but let's give them some wiggle room because you are playing a road game against an arch rival in Miami. And you are playing a road game against a Syracuse team. that's proven to be a good team this year. And, and really statistically speaking, they are a good football team. So I'm going to have to give them their props until I see something. Otherwise that'll be a tough game for us to win. So I'm not saying you have to win all of them. You could lose one of those. You ought not from what I've seen from Florida up to this point, you ought not lose at home here to Florida you sure as hell ain't going to lose to Louisiana. You better not. And you're not going to lose to Georgia Tech. So it's those two games, and I'm going to give you a split. I give you the wiggle room for a split. That's four and one. That means you're eight and four. Eight and four is a good season. I'll be happy with it. We'll go to a nice bowl, and we'll have some momentum. And then I think we're probably another year after the next away from saying, okay, now let's dig in here and see if we can't make a run into uh, for a conference championship because if you win a conference championship you're probably going to the playoff you know depending on records of other you know, teams or what schools. conference it is who knows yeah who point. knows who knows but that's the other part of this equation where it's easy to do this, this is where it's fun because we love the sport if you took florida state and dropped them in the west of the sdc how good would you feel about our chances to compete at a high level there not good after seeing the way that we ran with this offensive line against Clemson, I feel better than I have in a long, long time about long-term, long-term projections yeah, of what we can yeah, be. Yeah. If you can run like that on that defense, that program, with this offensive yeah. line, help more helps on the way at, at that particular position. Because you'd have to beat Mississippi State, Ole Miss, Alabama, Texas A&M, Auburn, LSU. Yeah. Well, we beat LSU. Auburn's interesting, by the way. Watching them in the game last week, I mean, I'd like to think they're dysfunctional and we could beat them, but they, they are very physical in the run game. That'd be interesting. I'm not assuming we would beat Auburn because of it. I feel better about A&M than Mississippi State. Matchups. Styles make fights. If you can run on Clemson's front, that's a good indicator. Yeah. Come back, wrap it up. Jeff Cameron, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. The Jeff Cameron Show is a production of the Warchant.com Multimedia Network. Check out Warchant.com today for the latest news inside Florida State Athletics. That's Warchant.com. Now, back to Jeff on Real Talk 93.3. Woo! Who is JT's comp in the pros? Fast Russ, Kyler. I could see him backing up one of those style of offenses and getting a chance, but not a lockdown starter. Number two bowl game, give me Penn State, Kentucky, UCLA. Um, yeah, Jordan is in a better position in today's game than he would have been 10 years ago without question, and that is a good thing for him, and I root for him to be able to, to make a roster. There are some quarterbacks in that league that uh, defy logic in many cases. When you look around the league, you're like, that guy's still in the league? He's a bum. So Jordan could, uh, and it's all relative, of course, he's not a bum, but you, I mean amongst the quarterbacks that play in the league. So 
Jordan could make a roster. I, I don't know that it's a sure thing right now, and that's why we talk about him being a very interesting NIL case. So here's where I take off the Knoll hat and put on the brutal NFL hat. Yeah. Because this is what you got to do with this kind of question. Uh, fragile Jalen Hurts. That's the comp. He's a fragile Jalen Hurts. Yeah. With more upside with the arm. You know, Jalen hadn't shown as much, I think, in terms of uh, pro-style throws in college, in his college as Jordan has this last two months. I mean, you know, there's, there's a lot to like there. Uh, the running ability is outstanding, but you're telling me that if oh, you've got an NFL linebacker NFL, bearing yeah. down on him, no, I just it's a fragile Jalen Hurts. There's a chance, but I'm not going to spend anything in the first two days, not even close. No, that's why I said he's maybe a draftable quarterback, maybe. Um, if he keeps getting bigger, comes back for another season, right. maybe, maybe. Uh, our friends at Tulua sponsor the segment, of course. Go by there and get you one of the good juices. And I don't mean a freaky-deaky juice. I mean a juice that gives you a little bit of energy, makes you feel good, calms your nerves. It's all beautiful. They got a kind of juice for everything. It's all plant extract, good stuff, CBD, not all THC. And soon I will be floating. And then I will have to tell you all about the float. Yeah, this is the bye week. Are you doing This it? is the week I was supposed to do it, and I haven't done it yet. Maybe okay. I can get in there on Friday. That's a good idea. Oh, he's resolved. Uh, yeah, you can yeah, see I think, it. I think Folks, maybe, that maybe look that's is... That's probably going to happen, yeah. Let's lock it up. Let's do this thing. It's time for, how you say, with the pitching, uh, probables? All right, so at 435, we've got Phillies, Padres. Phillies lead the series one game to none. Aaron Nola and Blake Snell. Is that right? That sounds right. That is yeah. right, yeah. Ooh, that's a... It's a good matchup yeah, for the Phillies. Yeah, that's Nola so far in the postseason is 2-0 with a 0 ERA and 12 Ks. I probably would have flipped if I could Musgrove as soon as I could get him off into the rotation. Yankees-Astros at 7.30 tonight. Jamison Tyon and Justin Verlander is your starter for the Astros. And that is a look at those that shall reside on the bump. All right, go home, watch a little baseball, have that segue into a Wednesday night football game, and do uh, – I got the golf show tonight, so I've got a little, little work to do. With uh, 28 seconds left, I just want to thank you, Darvish, for helping me cash a prize picks last night. I had the over on his five-and-a-half strikeouts. It was at six-and-a-half and six. I got it at five-and-a-half, nice along with Steph Curry's point. I had Steph Curry as well as, unfortunately, Shipley's 70-plus yards, and so I, too, cashed. Good work out of you. Good work, Director Matthew. Be well, everybody. Have a great day and night. We will talk to you tomorrow on Redemption Thursday. Mm-hmm.